This is deep dish, right? Yeah, well, let's get deep. So, so I'm, I'm going deep on both sides. I'm going to say pastor, David Tucker. David Tucker, the organizer. David Tucker, the man of God. David Tucker, the human being. David Tucker, the national native from Cheatham. Welcome to the platform. <laughs> <laughs> I am glad to finally be here, Jerome. Glad. Yeah, I'm glad to finally have you here. I ain't gonna, I ain't, we ain't gonna talk about. No, please we, don't. We, we, ain't, we ain't gonna expose you. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> on the, on the wait. Because I'm tender. <laughs> but um, now nah, I'm excited for this conversation. And before we get off, I just want to go ahead and give you your flowers um, for just the work and the commitment that you've made to just social justice, racial reckoning, calling out things. Um, saying what most people won't say in public spaces, and then again, just doing the work on many levels and being a mentor and talking to people like myself whenever you're out and about and you just want, hey, hey, David, can I talk to you about this? And giving us and me and others just your genuine, authentic feedback, whether we like it or not, you know, um, and really being intentional about reaching back and working with um, younger folks in community as well, as well as seasoned folks. So flowers, a whole bouquet of them. Thank you. Continue doing the work, but it's not too many like you. Um, especially, I would say, being a younger person that I know that I can come to and just call on the phone and say, hey, David, look, I got this going on. Um, and you listen to me, understanding, and also taking consideration like, hey, man, that you know, this is a different time, you know, but this is how you could potentially navigate this. So um, I don't know if people tell you that enough, but I'm telling you that today on air, on camera, so people know, um, and hopefully more people will do it whenever come across you and, and just give you a flower. So flowers given to you. I appreciate that. I'm trying to get better with accepting compliments. Yeah. Because we don't do this for this. Right. But uh, I'm only doing what was done for me. Yeah. Um, and I, if I could take this, this moment of privilege behind your comment, uh, Avi Poster, mm. uh, a local Jewish activist, yep. mentor, passed on yesterday. Mm. And I did not know that. I just found out this morning. Mm. And what you said to me, mm. he's one of the people. He's one of three men in this world that we greet by kissing. Wow. And Avi has been a relentless, compassionate, resolute voice yeah. for justice in this city mm -hmm. who now rests with the ancestors. And, wow. Um, I, was just, I was just talking about him two days ago. And yesterday, guess what? I, I just did a whole episode on black and Jewish relations. Wow. And you know what's coming up that, that, that I know Ivy helped bring here to Nashville? The Seder. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, wow. Again, man, when I heard you saying what you were saying to me, I was overwhelmed because I was thinking about Ivy that wow. he picked me wow. a long time ago. He picked me, I can remember the first time, 
this short white man grabbed my face with his hands and kissed me on my damn jaw. <laughs> and it didn't feel bad. Yeah. Now, yeah. the whole act and right. all of that right. was a little bit dissettling. Right. Yeah. And from then on, that was our thing. Yeah. And wow. um, he'd been sick a while. We thought he got out. Mm -hmm. And I got word. So mm. my response to what you said to me is because of people like him mm. who've now gone to be with the elders. Yeah. Uh, people who still here like Tex Thomas. Yeah. Uh, and I got to give a shout out for Deacon Richard Holder, mm. who is a person who is near and dear to me, right. that has taught me in ways and folks don't even know his name. But them Dang. are the three men that mm. are greeting and ending is with a kiss. Dang. Yeah, the, the community as a whole lost somebody special, but I know the Jewish community is really feeling that. And, and, and it just, that's so ironic, because literally I'm, I'm trying to figure out ways personally to learn, but also bridge in that coalition again around black and Jewish relations, um, because just of what has happened currently, but also understanding the allyship coalition, the history yes. between the two groups here in the United States. And, and to have I'll be lost right when they're going to do the Seder next month. Um, man, that's, ah, rest in power, Avi. Dang. Dang. Ashe. Yeah, Ashe. Ashe for sure. Well, I, I, I want to continue on your journey and talk about, like, the catalyst of how Davy Tucker became Davy Tucker today. Um, you can give us the condensed version. Uh, um, and, and what led you into the work that you're doing? I was raised, when I first had idea of a, my ontological understanding mm -hmm. was as a kid living in Edge Hill. Okay. We moved from there to Cheatham. Okay. My, my mother raised four kids. I'm second uh, in that line of four kids. And um, she worked hard for us uh, with the idea that we were not poor, but we were broke. Mm. And um, she always had an adage that uh, God's going to make a way. Yeah. And that angered me. Because from where I said God wasn't doing shit. Yeah. And um, it wasn't until I got older and started experiencing the world, because uh, I was raised in a black bubble. Yeah. Uh, and the white folk that I was raised up around, we were in the same boat. So yeah. this idea of racism was secret from me mm. until I got on into my teen years and found it out pretty quickly. So I've, I've had multiple incidences. Yeah. But again, it gets back to my mother and what she instilled in us about who we were. Yeah. 
and I didn't know that it was a thing. Yeah. Until I needed a thing. Right. And there it was. Uh, so um, I'm from here, born here. I went in the Marine Corps, spent about nine years. I was a recruiter here, came out, went to work at the Sheriff's Department. And it was my experience in the Marine Corps and then on into the Sheriff's Department that really made and laid bare to me this idea of inequity mm. and the lack of justice. Right. And it was even in the Marine Corps, a uh, Sergeant Major called me a boy. Mm. And that was supposed to be okay. Yeah. And uh, that actually resulted in me, who had been meritoriously promoted, uh, all the way to E5 yeah. and had to wait for years to get E6. And me confronting him on calling me a boy took all of that away. Wow. And even coming here to a jail and went to work because when you got out of the military back then, mm -hmm. uh, from where I was from, a job with benefits was a thing. Yeah. Uh, even on the whole Mackin piece. Yeah. On the pimping piece. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. If, you had a job with benefits. Yeah. I didn't want to be a policeman, didn't want to be a fireman, didn't want to work at the post office. Right. Didn't really want to work at the jail, but I ended up there. Okay. And the jail was under a federal court order for unconstitutional conditions. Okay. Under the, where the old, where the new Justice Center is. Okay. It basically sets on the spot where the old one was. Okay, got it. Under James Robertson Parkway, mm -hmm is a tunnel that runs the length from the middle of the courthouse to the middle of the Justice Center. Mm. At one time, there were 200 people being housed in that tunnel. Wow. With no bathroom, no ventilation, um, no Inhu food. Inhumane conditions. Totally inhumane. Wow. Smelled horrible. Uh, this was in a day when smoking was used to calm people down. Mm. What year was we talking? We're talking uh, 86, 86 okay. 87, 88. Okay. And um, going to work mm -hmm. in that condition and everybody around me didn't have the horror I had yeah. about this. And with that was the brutality mm -hmm. that was coming from police as they arrested people and mm -hmm. brought them to jail. Right. There was a process that had to happen where it was called a door of no return at that point. It's mm -hmm. where the police department stopped and the sheriff's department started. Okay. And that's where every person who got picked up by the police was transferred and the sheriff's department had to ask the question, are you sick or injured or do you need to go to the hospital? Right. And what bad officers would do is they would threaten them. Mm. If you make me take you to the hospital, you're going to pay for that. Yeah. To where sometimes you had to interpret individuals' eyes. Yeah. One night I had an individual obviously had been beat up. Right. He's still bleeding. And I'm asking him the question, 
and he's looking at me, and I know he's not going to answer. Right. So I engaged the officer. And the officer talked crazy, and that ended up to become a physical altercation wow. in the criminal justice center between me and a police officer. Mm. And as time went on, um, it just grew into bigger things. Yeah. But I can remember as a kid, I never liked a bully. Yeah. Uh, I'm 6'4". Yeah. 300 pounds. I was always big, but I did not like bullies. Yeah. And as I've grown, I still don't mm -hmm. like bullies. Yeah. And systems and people who operate in them are bullies. When, when, you, when, when we bring up this word justice, what does that, what does that mean to you? Because I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very, loosely used term now. It is. Um, and I think it can mean different things to different people. Um, and so what, what, what would be your definition of justice? You know, I've had to hone that over mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. uh, justice for me is not taking for yourself what you would deny somebody else mm. with a period. Simple as that. Simple as that. Have we ever make sure I, I, I ask this question in a, in a clarifying way. Have we ever seen justice in this country? Do we even know what that looks like? Do we know what that means as a whole and even more specifically as black people, as black men? There are glimpses. Okay. And they show up in spite of. Hmm. So let me contextualize it. But as a whole, no. Um, to be just requires acknowledgement because mm -hmm. if we can't say the same thing, right. then there can be no forgiveness. Right. There can be no, even well on down the line is this idea of reconciliation. Right. But if there can be no acknowledgement then there can be no real justice. And again, taking for yourself yeah. what you would deny someone else. Right. I use this all the time. If you don't live little justice, you don't understand big justice. Mm. If you're not cautious around how you treat people, right. just in little justice, right. um, uh, 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 the common humanity that exists between us, right. um, the respect of other persons, mm -hmm. the acknowledgement of the privilege you may hold mm -hmm. over the individual that you're confronting. Right. Uh, when you get down to the black man piece, No, but that's okay. Yeah, because we're the first man. Right. Um, if you look at the Abrahamic religions, right, we're the first man. The first right. man had to look like us. Right. And I think that that's what we have to offer the world. Right. I believe black men hold the redemption for the world. Mm. 
What does that mean? That means that we have, we have the sauce. Yeah. Just in the whole creative process. Yeah. <laughs> we the first man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we have the ability when we understand mm -hmm. what it means to give ourselves to something bigger than us. Yeah. Now I'm Baptist, but I was African first. Right. And in African spirituality, uh, there's a saying that the sum total of a man is in his veneration of the elders and the preparation he makes for the yet unborn. Mm. And so regardless of how I'm situated, Right. Do I respect those who come before me? Right. And do I live in a way that's going to make it better for those who are not even here yet? Right. So to put it plainly right now, what the hell is going on in Nashville these days? Policing, politics, socially, economics, unhoused, education, and we're going to dig into all of this piece by piece, but just to get straight into it, what, what the hell is going on in our city that we're both from, we're both seeing it. You've seen it drastically change <laughs> way longer than I have just due to life experience, but seeing it even more drastically change, especially from an economic standpoint and it benefiting others and not benefiting some, but also the equity piece that tends to get lost. So people tend not to care about that. And then you have people that come here and don't understand the history, don't understand the historical um, negligence, neglect that has happened in so many of our communities. What's your thoughts, initial thoughts on that? I'm going to use <laughs> a quote I heard from Ralph Schultz, who is the president of the Chamber of Commerce. Mm -hmm. He said this three years ago. <clears throat> around a question about the prosperity that was going on in Nashville. And somewhere in his uh, opining on that issue, he said that, the, um, that there was poor penetration mm. of the prosperity. Mm. And I've been harping that poor ever since. Poor, poor penetration means that there's great prosperity. Right but it has poor penetration, much like runoff when it rains so fast right. that the ground can't soak it all up because right. it's saturated. So it may not replenish the aquifer. Right. And so that's what I see here is poor penetration of these resources. And those who are allowed into the game are just getting drunk on their excess. Mm. Do we see real equity being created with all of this growth or will it just be what it is? Again, and what is our social responsibility to, to combating that? Again, it gets back to if we can't agree on what to call a thing. <laughs> right. If, if um, white folk understand that when we say white supremacy, mm -hmm. It's not you. You were born into it. Right. No, you did not own slaves, but you benefit from how this system has been set up. Right. 
And if we can't say the same thing on that, then we don't see the same nuances in that. Mm. Like when people say they want to make um, education the silver bullet. Right. We know in reality that I know individuals with college degrees right. who can't get jobs right. or they get jobs that if they knew that that was what they was going to have to settle on, they might have went into pipe fitting because it pays more. Right. So uh, we have to acknowledge mm -hmm. and call this thing the same thing. Right. Uh, and we're not doing that. Uh, I tell my, I use this as another example. When I bought my son his first car, it was a hoopty. A real right. hoop that paid three hundred dollars, <laughs> and this idea of checking the oil and the water mm -hmm. was very, very serious. Right. So if you drive a car and it's ticking, right, and you keep driving it, mm -hmm. you keep driving it. Now uh, it's knocking. Right. You keep driving it, and then suddenly the engine locks up. Mm -hmm. The cost of repair is greater because of your neglect. Right. And that's where we are. Right. We've been historically neglected. Mm -hmm. So now you just want to change the oil. Right. But it needs a new engine. Right. <laughs> so you'll change the oil, but it don't address the fact right. that your historic inability or your historic negligence. Yeah had the ability <laughs> creates a greater cost of repair so the oil change ain't gonna it's not no. gonna do anything but that's all you want to do yeah or you want to rebuild it mm. it already got two hundred thousand miles on it right you don't want to bear the cost of replacing it right and that's what's wrong now in nashville mm. is we still want to just change the oil right but nobody wants to do and pay the cost once you acknowledge it. Right. To repair it. We are we are a mayor heavy led city. Right. The, our, our mayor has a lot of power. We're in a mayoral campaign year. Um, we may have a new mayor. He or she uh, will will be in that position for four years for the first time. Um, what would you say? to our prospective new mayor um, around preservation of Nashville, but also rebuilding just new engines uh, or replacing, excuse me, new engines in communities that we know they need to be replaced um, and addressing the neglect that has historically been there in years. Because I think this, I think that's going to be a huge piece for a community to, to want to be aware about um, and how um, our mayor is going to do that if they're going to continue to lead um, another four years or, or an initial four years um, at this point with the natural growth. Unfortunately, I think we're all susceptible at various levels to groupthink. Mm. So yeah. what we do here locally <clears throat> We see on a greater degree statewide, and we see on a greater degree nationally. Right. This failure to acknowledge 
how America came to be. Mm -hmm. um, so to a new mayor, I would say you need courage. More than anything else, you're going to need courage because yeah. it's hard to do the right thing when there is pressure for you to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, while I applaud the current administration for what is called historic contributions right. to uh, uh, affordable housing. Right, education, uh, other things, yep. Uh, 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 I applaud that, 50 million. Mm -hmm. But the reality is it needed 500 million mm. to be able to repair right. what has been allowed to already happen. Right. Um, most housing um, advocates in the city would tell you the horn started blowing 15 years ago when the um, people at the lowest social economic level started the wholesale taking of their property. Yeah. Nobody did nothing. Right. It didn't change until they came for the middle class. Exactly. But the, but the momentum behind the engine then had picked up too much steam. Mm -hmm. So it rolled over them right. also. Right. Uh, uh, so suddenly bastions of black middle class mm -hmm. um, life right. like um, out West Hamilton places like that yeah, that had long been looked over by everybody else. Mm -hmm. But we were able to have a 2,000 square foot house, right. own an acre lot, right. have a barbecue, right. raise our families, and mm -hmm. then our kids come and ultimately leave those houses to our children. Right. Now they became desirable. Mm -hmm. And this troubles folk who don't want to listen. Yeah. But it's interesting that the valuation of a piece of property mm -hmm. changes just because a white person moves in next door. Yeah. Uh, there is, <laughs> there, there, uh, nothing materially has happened. Mm -mm. There's not been a remodeling mm -mm. because what happens, and it is becoming less noticeable, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that it's still not there, is that when white people move in, they bring the weight of the government with them. Mm -hmm. So suddenly the alley that's been gravel for 40 years gets paid. Right. And now there's streetlights in there. Right. The group that sat on the corner and been on the corner right. that we happen to know them all because they grew up before they took their seat on the corner right. who were no threat to us, right. but now they're uncomfortable to somebody else, mm -hmm. they disappear. Yeah. Where they go? Now, uh, uh, I was raised in Cheatham, mm -hmm. and um, so Salem Town, right. I knew something had changed 10, 12 years ago. Went home, told my wife, coming up out of Cheatham, crossing over Rosa Parks, and there is a young white woman walking a lap dog with headphones on. Yep. 
walking down past where the bistro was. Yep. And anybody from here knew that if you want to pick up some weed, <laughs> right on that corner there was where that would happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. Something happened. Mm-hmm. Something happened. So um, I don't think you can put the genie back in the bottle. Mm-hmm. Some places have been irreparably damaged. All right. When you look at, and, and several photographers have captured um, the lack of symmetry when you have a tall and skinny yeah. beside a regular 1,100 square foot house. Mm-hmm. But think about this. Depending on what block you live on, Mm-hmm. And whether it's on the east or the west side, that building took the sun away from you and your house. Yeah. That the sun, mm-hmm. for half of the day, no longer shines on your house. Right. Uh, and, and I say that in a systemic way. Yeah. Of That means that when it does snow, the snow between me and that house is it has to melt. Right. Snow gone everywhere else. <laughs> right. But down the side of my house. Right. Or if you're trying to grow something. If I'm trying, yeah, that it will no longer grow on that yeah. side of my house. From a community standpoint, this is a two-part question. Those that have been here and those that are in this work or even might want to get involved in this work, how do we combat these things? What can we do? And secondly, those that are moving here, going into these communities and not knowing the history, not understanding the, what damage that they're doing as gentrifiers, how can they, what role can they play in becoming allies and using those resources that they bring in with them to be, you know, um, community-oriented gentrifiers? Okay, I would not burden them with that. Okay. I would back up a step and say that the stewards of our city, okay, those in policy seats, mm-hmm. made decisions that created the space for those to come in from out of town. Okay. So I think it's unfair to uh, put some requirement upon a person who came and bought a piece of property right. not being from there, and now suddenly I come responsible for whatever was wrong before I got here. Right. The city okay. had a duty and a responsibility that it failed in. Right. Because if you look at it, one of, and one of my great examples about Nashville is you ever dr- driven through the small area of Berry Hill? Yeah. You see how those old little 900 square foot houses are still over there mm-hmm. like that? Yeah, they got their own police and everything over there. Mm-hmm. You can't run in there and do that. Yep. There are other places in Nashville that you can't run in and do that. Right. But there are places, mm-hmm. those that have been redlined before, Right. those that have been denied access to capital before, mm-hmm. those areas that the city collective, the city power structure, mm-hmm. did not value. Right. They were allowed to be 
pillaged. Mm -hmm. Interstate driven through. All of that. Yeah. <laughs> all of that. Yeah. And again, that's our fault. Not, I say our fault as a city for not taking those steps, even when one argues about property rights and all that. No, there's deed restrictions on all, all right. manner of stuff. Right. So when you allow someone to come in and irreparably mm -hmm. change a neighborhood, some people who live in gentrifying neighborhoods, their property value goes up only because those tall and skinnies are there, but they've not done any significant right. repair or remodeling on their house. Right. So they're already affected by that valuation. Right. That's that's not right. Exactly. That's not right. Exactly. I mean, because I, 10 years ago, they had been victims of uh, predatory lending. Right. Uh, but that house wasn't worth no more than 75. Mm -hmm. Now somebody will give you 200 just to bulldoze it over. Right. Right. And now I'm paying taxes on 200. Right. But it's still that $75,000 house. Right. And my income hasn't went up at significantly all. or at all yeah. in, the la in those 10 years. Yeah. And yeah. that is a travesty. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, I have a saying. Everything legal ain't right. I want I want to touch on this other aspect of of, of who you are, in in with faith, and also social justice. Um, as a younger person, um, I didn't I wouldn't hear with civil rights and when we seen where black churches were the mecca for a lot of those things, especially here in the South, right? Um, I haven't seen that. Um, in that type of way in my lifetime. Um, and there's always conversation and what is the church doing for our communities, especially black communities, right? Um, are they um, pacifying um, issues and stopping people from wanting to fight back, wanting to um, be radical? Um, should they be doing more? Um, being a pastor, but also being in social work, but being very outspoken. <laughs> not, your, not your typical uh, pastor, I would say, from what I've seen on speaking on social justice issues, racial issues. What are your thoughts on what you've seen in your lens uh, from some of your other uh, constituents in that space of faith and social justice, speaking on it or not speaking on it? Uh, that's a whole lot. <laughs> so you uh, probably uh, had to uh, cut uh, me off uh, on this. Uh, uh, um, um, unpack that a little bit for us. Okay, it cut me off when yeah, you okay. said I've said too much. <laughs> if you check the history of black church history mm -hmm. from historians, many black churches now are victims of revisionist history. Okay. At its peak, historians say it was only 25% of the black church that was actively involved in the social justice movement. Okay. So there's never been a majority, a majority mm -hmm. of the black church. And that's several reasons. Uh, some out of just fear of survival, right. but others out of a perversion of the faith. Mm. 
um, historically, somewhere in there, Jesus became white. Right. With smooth shoulders, blue eyes, and always holding a baby lamb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With a non-masculine little setback. Yeah. But when you look at Jesus of Nazareth, who turned the tables over in the temple, mm -hmm. who had the ability to understand the consequence of being a disruptor to mm -hmm. the status quo, that we say it, and it's been nuanced. We say, Jesus died for my sins. Mm. But Jesus died because of our sin. Mm. And there was a collusion of religion and government. Yeah. And again, this is not anti-Semitic. And, right. and then I have to say that because we, we want to jump on the Jews. No, right. this is not about that. In a real way, there have always been people of faith who can profit from mm -hmm. how things are. Right. But for me, faith is about the isness and the altness. Mm. And so when we participate in this, right. we create a theology for this, right. which has now, as it matures, it's always been here growing up. Right. It shows up as white, evangelical nationalism right where jesus now wears a flag jacket and carries an ar-15 yeah patriotic yeah yeah and that the flag now mm -hmm. uh, uh is the bearer under this idea that um god bless america mm -hmm. with a period is to say god bless america and nobody else mm. And so uh, um, the black church has to make its own decision over this idea that God is more concerned about my soul than my body. Right. But God made this body to hold my soul. Right. And everything that happens to me in life right. is born on our bodies. Mm. But God is unconcerned right. about that body. Um, I think that's a fallacy. Uh, I think it's a perversion. Mm. And I think it's the presence of evil mm. that has allowed this to happen. Right here in our very own city, people don't talk about it much. National Baptist Convention USA Incorporated is over adjacent to American Baptist College. Okay. Doing a convention, I forget which year, but it's been recorded in their history. They refused to let Martin Luther King, whose church was a member, Right. speak from the floor. They kicked him out of the mm. National Baptist Convention, which is the largest right. black Christian church convention in right. the country. Right. Because his words were too heavy right. for how we have morphed this idea of our faith Mm -hmm. has turned into a uh, capitalistic concern. Mm. And until we understand that 
if whatever you desire right. is no bigger than you, don't pull the divine in on that. Let's talk about that capitalism and social justice. Mm -hmm. Commercializing of social justice, profiting off of social justice. Um, we talked a little bit about this off camera, but I was like, you know, I don't believe in the broke organizer, you know, because um, I understand organizers are people. They, they need housing, they need food, they have families, they have husbands and wives, partners, they have kids. Um, so I believe they should be, they should be well-funded to be able to do the work that they do. However, there are some people out there, um, some of them are corporations, some of them are individuals, who just use the moment, the spotlight, to make a dollar. Hundreds of thousands of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars. How, what, what advice, I would say that, what advice would you give or words would you give or thoughts would you give around somebody who wants to do this work, right? But also doesn't want to financially struggle um, their entire um, tenure in doing the work. Um, and how the organizations as well make it about community and keep it grounded in community, but also understand like we need funds to do the work that we do, um, but don't but don't want to be wrapped up and get caught up in capitalism, which is very easy to do in the United States because that is the system that is currently driving everything mm -hmm. and which causes division, which causes to have that dog eat dog, let me get mine. Um, if I get the money, it'll solve all my problems, whether it's racially, uh, whether it's a gender, sexuality problem, whatever it may be. If I can get the green, then I could be accepted probably, and that can take on a new identity for me. Go get a real job and don't do this. Mm. Um, I think they're incompatible. Um, it's a paradox. Yeah. It's an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just because you put it together yeah. don't mean it needs to be together. Right. Oil and vinegar as a salad dressing has to be shaken up. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't stay together long. Right. It will never work. And I say that because new organizers and advocates think they have an answer. And they think that the 400 years that it has taken to concretize this mm. system yeah. can be torn down in the three years after they just showed up. Mm. And so they get frustrated. Right. They end up compromising themselves. So I say, if you're going to do this, because see, once you see this, mm -hmm. you can't unsee this. Right. But then you got to live in love, too. Right. So find a way that you're going to keep your lights on. Mm -hmm. And then you, but you got to live in love. Right. That's really what gives the value to right. it. Uh, you got to raise a family. You need to be able to have a good time. You need to be able to unplug from this. Right. Get you a way that you never have to compromise yourself. Mm. Uh, um, if I can quote Tex Thomas here. He says, uh, everybody knows what your propensity is. Yeah. And they're going to offer you that. Yeah. 
And once you take whatever that is, they got you. They take your most important thing, mm -hmm. and that's your voice. Yep. And then we want to justify, mm -hmm. well, I got to live, but you're doing it all wrong. Right. Do what you got to do to make it. And if you don't have time right now, right. you ain't got time right now. That, that brings up this question right here on why, especially black folks, but just any marginalized people, disenfranchised people, especially black folks, we be on these jobs. We have these employers that do us wrong. Microaggressions, overtly, covertly, and we stay silent because of the finances. Mm -hmm. I got this $40,000 job, 50000 maybe sixty, even 70000 And they're going to see how much they can push you. How much is that paycheck really work to you hey i need you to you know cut your dress a little bit you know hey your beard is you know kind of mm -hmm. scruffy because you mm -hmm. you know your, your, your hair because you because you do something with that uh your clothes you know well how, how are you talking you know those little subtle things mm -hmm. to really see if you're gonna push back or not and uh, many black folks don't because of those financial um i want to say financial comfortability I would say. Well, I'll push you a little bit. Push me, push me. We've already said that this is a jacked up system. Yeah. That we were born into. Mm -hmm. Whatever the cosmic lotto is that right. determines what side we come out on, right. we fall into a system that predates us. Right. You cannot flourish until you're able to survive. Mm -hmm. And for many times, what I see in a lot of young activists, they still living in their mama's house. Yeah. They still in the basement. Mm -hmm. They ain't got no car note. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't have no house note. Right. They don't have no children. No responsibilities outside Who are themselves. depending on them. Mm -hmm. I applaud the folk who say, I might not get in the game. Right. But I'm going to make sure Junior got a chance right. of getting in the game. Right. Because I'm going to eat this shit. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go back home. Mm. And that's going to let me tell Junior, mm. you need to get your ass in school. Mm. I will kill you. Yeah. Because I eat shit every day. Yeah. For you. Yeah. Vicariously, yeah. my liberation is tied up in others. Mm. So I don't fault them. Everybody has to make the decision. Right. Again, I was told by another individual, because I, I was hard on them, yeah. who come up short when somebody need to say something. Said, Tuck, if liberation ever comes, mm -hmm. true liberation, you got to bring them niggas with you too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is going to be hard. Which is, which is, but liberation it, ain't happening. Happen. Right. Liberation ain't happening. Yeah. But if liberation happened, you got to bring them with you. That is a burden mm. that I still resent to this day. Mm. Yeah. So, so, so now you have others that don't risk because they don't want to risk. Yeah. And because they're not going to risk. Right. But you have some who are just trying to survive. Yeah. Because they know yeah. that this is a long yeah. struggle. And I believe too, like King. Yeah that the moral arc of the universe does bend toward. But we got to have folk that put right. sustained 
right. pressure. Yeah. Um, if you look at uh, South and Central America's um, uh, fight with uh, colonialism mm -hmm. and uh, Catholicism, mm. that's where we get the word guerrilla from. Yep. We know that the cumbersomeness mm -hmm. of a big system yeah. is like David and Goliath. Mm -hmm. I don't need to have 400,000 armed troops yeah. to disrupt this system. No. I need some guerrillas. Yeah. Just a few of them. Just a few of them. Real mm -hmm. guerrilla warriors. Yep. Mm -hmm. Who can clog up. Mm -hmm. You can take a 600 horsepower engine, brand new, mm -hmm. and don't that takes 24 gallons of gas. You give me a quart of the right stuff. Yeah, a quart. Yep, which can be concealed. Mm -hmm. It ain't me coming up with 24 the gallons. gallons of right. a quart. Shut that whole system down. Mm -hmm. So. But I think the problem has been, I call it the Stephen complex. Okay. And that's from my favorite movie, Django. <laughs> okay. That I wish was a movie when I was a kid. <laughs> I wish, I wish yeah. my life trajectory would have been different Yeah. If, I, if Django came out when I was a kid. Django's a powerful one. Um, when that movie's going off and uh, uh, Django, the comeback, Got his woman, mm -hmm. put on Candy's clothes. Yep. Smoking his out of his cigarette holder. Right. With his riding boots on. Mm -hmm. Lighting his house, lighting the wick that's gonna blow up his house. Mm -hmm. After he done shot Stephen, the character played by Samuel L. Jackson. Uh -huh. After he shot him in the leg, the last words you hear for the house blow up is Stephen saying, This always gonna be Candyland. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we got Negroes mm -hmm. who believe this is always going to be Candyland. Mm. Mm. And so they capitulate. Right. I come out of the generation not solidly. It was primarily the generation before mine, but I caught the end of that assimilation generation. Uh that I gotta give up my blackness. I gotta conform. give up. I gotta conform mm. to be able to fit in. And so, but even them, mm -hmm. they trying to live. Yeah. They I, trying to survive. And and that conformity is gonna in my in my personal experience, that that pressure of conformity has come from people that look like me. Yeah. But see, but see, now we're at a place where uh, we know that that's untenable. Mm -hmm. But if you follow through history, yeah. there were always those in each generation yeah. that was reminding us of that. Yeah. While you had the early Du Bois, mm -hmm. you also had the uh, 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 Marcus Garvis. Yeah. Uh, 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 you, you, you also had even the Daddy Graces. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. who were the alternative voice. Mm -hmm. Because that's what we're asking for, yeah. is a alternative reality. Yeah. It's not this one. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you just talk to, and that's why 
uh, uh, and I know I'm jumping here, but uh, no. one thing that um, a lot of the younger um, organizers are not are students of history. Yeah. If they were students of history, yeah, got to read. They would come to understand yeah. that this system does not work with everybody on the top. Right. Just a basic study of the theories of economics, the supply and demand, right. and those type principles says mm -hmm. everybody can get rich. Exactly. Everybody won't get rich or this system right. cannot support itself. Right. There's a weird, sick algorithm that says that it takes so many poor people mm -hmm. to support a rich person. Yeah. But we've bought into this idea that um, everybody can get theirs. It's not set up that way. Right. There is a finiteness mm -hmm. of this economy. Right. And there are those whose only job is for this system to prevail. Like right now, with the manipulation of uh, 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 interest rates, mm -hmm. with globalization and physical policy, right. it is to allow this system to continue. Right. And I don't care how you twist it, you can go to church and they'll tell you, uh, 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 you can name it and claim it, mm -hmm. you can call it and haul it, you can, if you can believe it, you can be it, right. all that other shit, mm -hmm. that is not true right. and will not happen. How is it individuals who claim to be, who claim to have come up mm -hmm. on whatever it is? Right. Why is it that they hold in conferences that me and you got to pay to come to? Right. With the promise of coming up. up. <laughs> now, the only thing going to happen is you're going to pay your registration fee. Yeah. Now, whether you come up or not, that's, that's, it ain't gonna be determined. It ain't gonna, it ain't gonna be determined in that conference. Yeah. But my justice, mm -hmm. again, not taken for yourself, right. which you would deny somebody else. Right. So those of us who seek to get rich in this work mm -hmm. are already hell bent on not sharing what they are accomplishing now. Right. Mm. So it turns into this sick system mm. to where we become co-opted right. into the system. Right. Ministry for me, for the church, is akin to burning the candle on both ends. Okay. Yeah, you feed children. Right. But when that's all you do, you support a bad system. Right. Just as you're feeding children because they need to be fed, you equally need to be exerting power and influence to find out why the hell the kids are hungry right, anyway. Right, right. How, but can we, I, how can we prevent them from being hungry? Right. I mean, yeah, I'm going to feed them because yeah. they're children and they need to eat and everybody yeah. needs to eat and that has their survival. Right. But it ought to be as critically important mm -hmm. and for that congregation that feeds kids yeah. to be out there trying to find out why a kid's hungry. Right. Because again, that's what got Jesus killed, if you really want to do that. Mm. Uh, 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 even when you look at uh, uh, the prophets, yeah. even out of Judaism, that requirement 
of how you treat your brother mm -hmm. says how you treat your brother is the bedrock of the claim to your own righteousness. Mm. But see, we can be righteous today and don't even speak to my brother. Right. Right. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> right. you know, uh, we even got songs, Jesus and me. Mm -hmm. You cannot be okay with the divine and be jacked up with the divine's children. Mm. But we've created a way where I don't have to be. Right. And so, again, the training of ministers. Yeah. Unfortunately, a great part of the black church is non-connectional, mm. which means that there are no training requirements to be a preacher. Right. You just show up one day in church. Right. And say something got a hold of me. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then somebody says, it's the Holy Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> and you go up and, who's the Lord? Right. Lord, call me to preach. <laughs> now that is somebody who don't want to go to school, mm -hmm. has a certain level of charisma. Yeah. And suddenly church becomes about them. Right. Think about how we have morphed this idea of living righteously in the world mm -hmm. to totally focusing on what I do at the church. Mm. And I'm only there two hours a week. You know, I think some of that is too, though, is I think we go out in the world and our value is so low. It can be low. And, but when we come to this church on Sunday, I'm somebody. I have this title. People come to seek some type of information from me. People want me to pray for them. And I think um, when you have oppressed people as well, I think that's, that's what carries a lot of that into our church environment for many people. Um, and I say that to say, living abroad, I've seen it. When I go into these smaller communities, right, I'm the only American, I'm the only black person, um, people want me. People feel like I can offer them mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. that they can't offer themselves, right? When I did Peace Corps, this was a big struggle for people coming back home. They, they're, they're, this, they're this person in this micro-community. Mm -hmm. When they come back to the United States, they're just a number. Mm -hmm. It's so global. Everybody's got what you got now, right? Everybody can do what you do. And I think it's similar like that for some of us when we go into our church grounds and we just hold on to that because once we leave on Sunday, at the one or two o'clock and go to our job on Monday, we ain't shit. But, but see, again, the black church mm -hmm. and that history of the black church mm -hmm. that keeps me attached to it. There's this mystery yeah. that happens that I can't fabricate it. Yeah. I don't make it. For me, I remember it as a kid at King Solomon Missionary Baptist Church <laughs> on 10th Avenue, the Pastor Morgan Bath. <laughs> used to have radio show time now for a sitcom. As a kid, my mom used to get us, we had to go. Mm -hmm. And I can remember specifically, we were running on the day that it had been raining. Uh -huh. And we had ironed the clothes. And we lived in Cheatham right there behind on 9th Avenue. Okay. And, and we went over to church. And so we're standing in the lobby, mm -hmm. the area they called the Vestibule. Okay. And the church started along me to him. And I don't know if you... Uh, know what a long meter hymn is. It's, it, it's the black way we take a European 
church song mm -hmm. and slow it down 10, 15 times. Ah. Like, uh, and it sounds like um, uh, doing your vows. Okay, got it. Yeah. And then every now and then the guy who is calling the song yeah. will line a line. Okay. You know, guide me, oh great Jehovah. Right. In the church. But the mysticism in that for me was everybody knew the song and I didn't know it. Standing there, a 10, 11 year old, in the vestibule. Yeah. Everybody singing a song I don't know. Yeah. And it ain't in the songbook. Yeah. How did they, how did they, everybody on key and then all of a sudden the, uh, a deacon rise up above it, bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Yeah. Yeah. And they, that's mystical to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when black folk came to church, they were reinforced by God yeah. that you are somebody. Mm -hmm. That the only real power in the world is personal agency. Mm. And, it, and it's that breath that God put in you. Yeah. You always have the ability to exercise choice. Yeah. And that is the part that has been perverted. Mm. And I offer you two examples of that. When you look at church bombings in the South, yeah. these were often ragtag buildings. Mm -hmm. Many of them, most of them had no electricity, mm -hmm. no PA. Mm -hmm. But why would you burn that building? You've been kicking these people's ass, raping them, jailing them all week. Right. Trying to whip them, beat them, rape them into submission. Mm -hmm. But when them niggas get in that church, mm -hmm. they come back out of there. Right. Ready to deal with me next week. Yeah, yeah. In spite of. In spite of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. See, and I'm not too quick to try to define that. Yeah, I don't think you can. I, 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 I don't think you can. But that's not what we have mm -hmm. now in the predominance of the black church. Mm -hmm. To me, the mere presence of the black church is mm -hmm. a statement of resistance. Mm -hmm. The mere presence of the... Now, black church ain't just a church that got black people. Right. Uh, uh, we see that in Memphis right now. Right. Yeah. The policing system killed him. Yeah. And we all put off. Right. We all put off because it's black right. officers. No, yeah. that's still the system. What killed them was the policing for philosophy. Right. That they got from the Memphis Police Department. That is perpetuated and trained every officer the same. And the way. same thing happens when we go to certain colleges and institutions mm -hmm. to be taught mm -hmm. how to be preachers and pastors. Mm. Mm. And I'm glad I'm a product of American <laughs> Baptist College, <laughs> uh, the College of C.T. Vivian, right. uh, Bernard Lafayette, John Lewis. Right. Because, again, I found my voice, mm -hmm. my true voice. Now, yeah. my, my pushback on the system, all that been going on. Right. But it wasn't until I with the ABC. Well, yeah, this thing called a calling Yeah, that I was still trying to work out that I landed on the campus of ABC. Polished it. 
Honed it. Found it. Found it. I've been polishing it and honing it. Yeah. Church let me practice every week. <laughs> but it's it's in these streets. Yeah. It's amongst God's folk. Yeah. That when I say God will, because mm -hmm. I don't live that shit. Mm. It's experiential. Mm. I can't claim it. I can't call it. Right. I can't make it show up. Yeah. Uh, but I know that many of the things that people would like to give me credit for, yeah. I can't take it. That's that mysticism. When you talk about the connection, a lot of that is that unity, right? Do we have unity right now in Nashville amongst organizations, organizers trying to combat systemic white supremacy? Is there unity? Is there unity between the young and the old? Again, I give you your flowers on intentionally, you personally working with folks, reaching back. But I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the, is that the standard? You know, from both ends, from young people and older people in this work. I answered a question a long time ago that most people don't want to deal with. What is enough? Okay. It's been enough. Because if you don't understand what is enough for you mm -hmm. as it relates to what you desire, what you desire, yeah. you never have nothing to give. Mm. Yeah. Once you decide what's enough, then you open up to be able to live in a way that's bigger than you. I've been blessed. I have. But I've also been broke. Um, um, and, and, and I'm not rich now. Yeah. By no means. Um, but I am so rich in relationships. Yeah. Uh, in things bigger than me. Yeah. And that's what the church forgets. My last, well, I could go on forever, but we individualize what's always been communal. Yeah, Nature is a guide to us that we don't pay attention to. Mm -hmm. There is a interconnectivity in mm -hmm. nature. Things are inextricably linked right. in nature right. that we want to jump over Mm -hmm. All of that. I mean, even in my own Christian understanding, how is it? Everybody know John three sixteen, right? right? You probably know it. What is it? Yeah, um, John three sixteen for those who love the uh, for God. So, for, 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 I ain't look. I ain't saying the years. Uh -huh. I'm going off a straight muscle memory. For uh, what is it? Get for, started. For God, God so, so loved, loved the world that He gave His only begotten so, Son. That whosoever believed in Him should not, not perish and live everlasting life. And I ain't said that in, whew. <laughs> How is that? Well, let me take you back through that same one. It ain't changed. It's always been there. Mm -hmm. For God so loved the world, not you. Right. Yeah. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, not you. Mm -hmm. Believed in him. But we say that and present that as a personal thing. Mm. That ain't personal. Yeah. God declared God's love for the world. Yeah. Not you. Yeah. Yeah. So if you get saved mm -hmm. and I don't get saved, God doesn't get what God desires. Right. But I get mine. 
And that's that's what capitalism do. I got mine. I'm getting. I'm. Hey. I'm. I, and then we add these little words, but that's your anointing. <laughs> that's your gifting. Mm-hmm. What God has for you yeah. is for you. you. Mm-hmm. But the irony of that is, folk could get in church and shout, and the whole church go in because Miss Sarah Sue just got a $250,000 house. Won't he do it? Mm, yes, he will. Won't he do it? Well, yes, he will. But then we all know individuals who live antithetical to anything being greater than them, yeah. and they live in a $2 million house. Right. What's up with God on these little skimpy-ass houses mm-hmm. and shit? Mm-hmm. Uh, or won't he do it? It creates an unrealistic promise. Yeah. I've been here long enough. I, My mother got uh, hit by an ambulance. Mm. And uh, she ultimately died from it. I prayed. She still died. Yeah. You can't tell me. I didn't pray hard enough. Right. Because that is, God joins us in life, mm-hmm. but I believe God has equipped us to change life. Right. So now when we pray, if you're not careful, we ask God to do all the stuff that we supposed to be doing. Yeah. God, remember them boys in jail. Mm-hmm. And watch over them, Lord. And the person that walked the street all night long, God, take care of them. What if God's saying to you? Yeah. Remember them folk in jail. Yeah. Remember that person that walked the street all last night. Yeah. But again, we've been taught and showed mm-hmm. the scripture in a way that relieves us of our responsibility to each other. Yeah. Um, uh, again, Solomon says there's no rest for the oppressed or the oppressor. Because, mm. see, if you got your foot on my neck, right. you got to exert effort. And you can't turn away from me now. Right. Because I'm constantly struggling to get up. Right. You got you to gotta, you gotta be focused. You got to be focused on me. Mm-hmm. And so that means that even for the oppressor, Right. You can't live in love the way you really want to. Right. Because if you turn your back on me, I'm getting the hell up off this ground. Right. Now, as long as I got strength, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep on scuffling. But what happens is the oppressor says, I'll take my foot up. Mm-hmm. Now, get this. I'll take my foot off your neck, but don't you get up off the ground. Mm. And that's where we are now. That those, <laughs> some folk, that's deep. Some folk who are allowed to participate in this system, that's deep. That's the consequence. That's deep. I'm gonna take my foot off your neck. That's a hell of a metaphor right there. But the agreement is, you better not get up. You better not get up. As long as you stay down, you okay. You get to have that house. Wow. You get to have that car. You get to send your kids. Right. Uh, uh, Now, I took my foot up off your neck. Right. Right. And that's where we are now Mm. in that many of us have been co-opted and bought in to this idea that we've discovered something when all we did was we made a bad deal with our oppressor. 
Mm. Uh, I remember, uh, I actually like the second Roots better than the first mm. Roots. Okay. <laughs> Have you looked at the second Roots? Uh, I haven't seen the second one. The second one with all the rappers and everything. Yeah, I haven't cool. seen the second one. But uh, there's a part in there where uh, uh, the lady from the house is naming the slaves. And she names Kunta right. Toby. And so the uh, poor white trash, uh, uh, not the slave owner, uh -huh. But the uh, uh, poor white trash, who that was the only thing he had, was his gratefulness that he just ain't a nigga. Right. Uh, tells him, say your name, boy. He says, my name is Kunta Kente. Right. My father is so and so, and I'm of the so and so. And he starts whooping him. Mm -hmm. He whoops him to the ground. He says, say your name. And every time, he keeps repeating that he's Kunta. So Chicken George is over on the side. And finally, it's like he's going to kill him. Mm -hmm. And it's like he mumbles to him, say it. And finally, he says, uh, my name is Toby. So the guy is going to make sure he's going to beat it into him. So as he runs over, he says, he said, he said, no, that nigga got to say it again. Yeah. That nigga got to say it again. You say it. Yeah. And, and he says, Toby. So he goes over to him after he gets up on Get that nigga up, buddy. Yeah. And he leans down beside him like he's tending to him. And he whispers in his ear, your name is Kunta Kinte. Mm. You are such and such of a, a da-da-da-da. Mm. What would you do to survive mm -hmm. for another day to come fight? Mm. What happens is you can come to the point of, just cause you whipped my ass, don't right. change my mind. Right. <laughs> yeah. This was a strategic decision. <laughs> yeah. And and if you see how he progresses, right. he ain't going to be constrained. Right. So the first thing they do, they go cut off his foot. Right. Then they cut off the front part of his foot. Uh -huh. Then that nigga still going to try to run. Yeah. Then they got to come <laughs> back and <laughs> take the whole thing. Take the whole thing because uh -huh. I need you in them fields. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is the resiliency right. of, of, of humanity. Yeah. That, 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 and I don't know, it's built into the creative process. That's why people, yeah. extreme pain causes people to black out. Yeah. That's why people who say that uh, when they were in a, that, that horrific accident and they can tell you about seeing the windshield come in yeah. and bouncing all through the car, they don't feel it. Yeah. Some kind of way, yeah. It, it, resiliency, mm -hmm. it's built in. Yeah, which again I believe gets passed on yeah. as it does in other uh, uh, species. Yeah, it's in us, and that's how I carry that. That's how I carry that every day. That's how I carry that. I said it. If if my ancestors survived that made it through that and took whatever they had to take for me to be here it's in my blood it's in, i got no choice to be a beast so so, <laughs> so when so when folk want to celebrate and and again it's i think it's misplaced when they say oh you'll say what nobody else say well just because won't nobody else say it it doesn't mean that it doesn't need to be said right so because i said it that don't make me shit right 
Everybody need to be saying it. Yeah. Not, I don't need to be celebrated because I'm saying it. Right. That doesn't mean anything. Right. I want, if anything, I want to open up the door so more people can say can, it. Can say it. Mm-hmm. Cause that resiliency. Mm-hmm. It's in my blood. And you know that's how it usually happens too, right? One person kneels, somebody else kneels, then okay, the whole world kneels. Now it's okay. Now India we... showed us that when they ran Britain out. Mm-hmm. When they finally refused to go back to the salt mines, mm-hmm. and uh, um, they line up one morning and they ain't going. British soldiers order them back in there. They lined up across right. deep. They start taking them M1s. Yeah, and they were killing them and stabbing yeah, them. Yeah, that's what come with that. And that line right there gave up themselves mm-hmm. for everybody else in the line. Yeah, Britain said. Damn, yes. we ain't gonna have nobody. We got to kill all of them. We ain't yeah. gonna have nobody to work these, to fields. Work these fields, mines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and India mm-hmm. has been punished in globalization ever since then. Like Haiti. Haiti, mm-hmm. the only place mm-hmm. where Negroes said, not right here. Right, not today. Not, I not won't anymore. have shit <laughs> right. if I won't have freedom. And you see how yep. globalization, mm-hmm. which is still white dominated, mm-hmm. you see the weird bedfellows of Putin and Trump. Mm-hmm. And, and these people, yeah. they they attach to the same thing. Yeah. And so they punish them. Yeah. The whole continent of Africa yeah. has been has been punished in mm-hmm. that they get exploited. Yep. And they taught us that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You gotta think about it. They, they taught us to hate blackness. We carry around anti-blackness, right? And that's that unlearning and unconditioning we have to do, right? It's not taught. It's easy to say a, a, a white person is anti-black, but it's a whole nother thing to say. I might be anti-black, and as a black person, and what does that mean? How do I deal with that? That's deep, and that's a question that you know many of us don't want. We don't want to answer that. Or you step on my shoe, I might go shoot up your whole house. Yeah, yeah. And come back, spin back around, yeah. Yeah. do it again, just to yeah. make sure, double down on it, you know. But I don't have that same energy with my oppressor or oppressive system. Because we have mm-hmm. acquiesced, mm-hmm. and subconsciously, <laughs> yeah, we have generationally acquiesced, yeah. To the isness, mm-hmm. and as first people, yeah, we forget we hold the altness. Yeah, there's enough for everybody. Mm-hmm. But 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 we've been taught that your value is caught up in your stuff. Yeah, not up in the like Ivy. It's funeral. It's next Wednesday. People gonna show up because they loved him. Mm-hmm. He ain't rich. King is remembered not because he was rich. Right. His wife says clearly she, he never talked to her when he decided to give that fifty-four thousand dollars to the movement that he got for the Nobel Peace Prize, and he got four kids at home. Right. But drive somebody to do that. The work, but, the passion. But people still call his name. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, again, from my Africanness, they said that people never really die when you call their name. Mm. Because when you call their name, Anybody connected by blood has their essence anyway. Right. You're part of that person You're anyway. part of that. Mm-hmm. And then I believe just as it is in Christendom, just as it is in Judaism, mm-hmm. that there are these witnesses. Yeah. That there are those who are cheering me on. Right. So that when I call their name, they right. never die. That's why, I mean, look at, uh, take uh the Vanderbilts and the uh, 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 Rothschilds, all these names mm-hmm. that amassed huge stockpiles. Right. If it wasn't for the buildings that bad a name. Mm-hmm. But here we are, even before King Day. Yeah. You don't let folk like King get away. Right. Because their impact is beyond mm-hmm. this system. Right. Yeah. So the black church, even now, after or even what the pandemic is, we want to go back to what we was doing. Right. Trying to get people to come on back to church yeah. and tying your relationship to God with you being in church. Right. And that's not so. Mm-hmm. It's how you live with your fellow man. Jesus made it real plain and simple. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second one is just mm-hmm. like it. Mm-hmm. Love your neighbor right. as yourself. That ain't that was too simple for every damn yeah. body. Because yeah. see, I can't have past appreciation. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't get the prophets blessed. Uh, 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 I can't be. I can't be a millionaire. Right. Right. I can't be a millionaire. I can't uh, do my thing. Yeah. Nah. Mm-mm. Not if not if I want to, you know, treat my neighbor like I treat myself. Nah. It's 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 one more big topic I want to hit on, and then I'm a, I'm gonna have you close this out, um, like Sunday service. <laughs> um, you know, we just had we just had the officers in Memphis, around policemen, um, kill a young man. The, we ain't even seen the footage yet. Um, and I don't even know personally if I don't even want to watch the footage. Um, but it had to be horrific for them to, before anything is even released, to, to fire those officers immediately and then charge them with first-degree murder. That's before we even seen anything. Usually, we have to see it and then it has to be uproar for those type of actions to happen. How can we change the way we are being policed? Um, I don't know if police is ever getting abolished anytime soon, the current system of policing, but clearly it needs to be some type of alternative way of how police are policing um, in communities, specifically black and brown communities, but nationwide. Um, They're perpetuating too many harm, too much harm. They've done so historically, um, and it seems like policing is just, you know, you hear this reimagined police, I don't know who imagining the reimagining, but it's not looking different. What are your thoughts on that? I'm often have claims lodged against me that uh, 
I don't like police. Right. That's not true. <clears throat> it's untenable for me to accept bad policing. Uh, unfortunately, we as a society have to decide how we live together. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, there are those among us that it makes sense that they can no longer be among us. Mm. Uh, those are the choices. Right. Now, policing, like this Memphis situation, they're the victims of the system. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to vilify them. Uh, uh, they need to pay with the fullness. Right. But they were taught how to police. Right. Now, what's missing from the conversation is the FOP that always shows up to say it comes off like we're protecting the police, but they say we, that they're guaranteeing their due process. Right. I've not seen or heard from the FOP in Memphis. Yeah. The DA comes out and makes the statement he makes. Right. That doesn't happen when the assailant is white. Right. These boys mm -hmm. are going to get long time. Oh, yeah. But here in Nashville, we have a last-minute deal mm -hmm. on a person who ends up not even doing a year in jail. Yeah, he's free right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's free. But if you mm -hmm. notice the difference now, we watched that tape. Yeah. We watched that tape. You said that this random white impala was a one that ran away from you, and you don't even have a license tag, but it was the one that ran away from you out in Antioch. Mm -hmm. That Nas over in Northwest Nashville, right. and that's them, and you pull up and say, hey. Right. And you're so assured mm -hmm. that you shoot four times. Yeah. And you kill a person. Mm -hmm. And now you get 10 months. So there's going to be this hypocrisy even in this. But again, I agree with you. To me, we talk about community policing. Mm -hmm. But in actuality, it's how, what the police does to the community. Mm -hmm. We know what we need to be safe. Right. And we all want to be. And we all want to be, be safe. Want safety, yep. Mm -hmm. But the system has to take responsibility mm -hmm. for what it contributes to it. Right. Go anywhere in the world where there's abject poverty, right. the first cousins mm -hmm. of poverty are always there. Yeah. Poor health outcomes, food threatened, housing threatened, mm -hmm. low, <coughs> low educational achievement. Right. Low employment. I'm low employment. Mm -hmm. All this goes right. with poverty. Mm -hmm. So if you're not going to make real strides toward addressing the poverty mm -hmm. that capitalism creates. Right. If you look at it in uh, systems theory, which I'm a systems theorist, our system produces something. Right. And in that production, it expends energy. Mm -hmm. So there's always waste that the system creates. Right. 
That's what our system creates is that waste. Mm. But we want to act like we're not responsible for that. Right. But we are. And so when you talk about policing, the history of policing in this country, mm -hmm. what that means. Uh, and I've talked with so many black officers who feel that they're caught in the middle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that definitely. They don't enjoy the right. thin blue line like others. Right. And they don't feel, they always feel that they're sus when they're in the black community. Yeah. And, and, and then, but then they just like, I think everybody is called to something. Yeah. Uh, I remember growing up as kids, you knew whether you wanted to be the cop or the robber, <laughs> right. the cowboy or the engine. Right. And even as we grow up, mm -hmm. as grown men, we're right. either the cop or the robber, right. we're the cowboy or the Indian. Right. And so uh, 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 many of them come to those jobs. And again, I have no problem saying this. The vast majority of uh, police officers, I believe it's a calling. Mm. But there's a, 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 a... Compromised by that system. Right, because there's a Latin phrase called tabla rosa, which means clean slate. Right. They just got a sense. Yeah. They just got a sense that, and when you read what some of them say about why they want to be, to help the community. Yeah. I just always, uh, blah, 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 blah. But then their slate that's written on mm -hmm. often conflicts their spirit. Yeah. And they're required to work in a situation where they have a conflicted spirit because yeah. that's not what they wanted to do. Right. That ain't what they signed up to do. Right. That, but this is how you got to do this if you're going to stay here. And there's consequences. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. If you're not loyal. Mm-hmm. It's a good old boys club. Because, you know. It's a fraternity. Oh, oh yeah. Because, I mean, here, here even in our city, out of those, I don't know, 14, 1,500 police officers, uh, chief makes about 240, 245. Mm. And you can go all the way down to them captains. They come in at 110, 120. Yeah. So, so you got three, four hundred. Right. People that make good money. Yeah. But depending on how you come in as a cadet mm -hmm. will determine whether or not you get to taste some of that upper middle class right. life. So you got to play ball. If you want to. If you want to. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, and until we understand interdisciplinary, which again we sh we can't even talk about intersectionality no more. Right. But but the police ought not want to provide all the training. Yeah. The police ought not want to do the implicit bias training. The police ought not want to do the legal training. Right. The police ought not want to do this because you don't create a critical thinker right. who can show up in a moment because they are in a hazardous job. Right. If I was a police, I probably would shoot and ask questions later, just right. out of my fear. Right. I don't have. Right. I don't think I have the right. Right. <laughs> But they put their life in danger every day. Mm -hmm. And they deserve to go home too. Right. Uh, and many of them went to college just to qualify to be police officer. A, mm -hmm. a, a police officer. Mm -hmm. But the system that they're pushed in right. 
requires them to operate in a way that's contrary to their spirit. Mm -hmm. So I believe the community has to keep demanding, right. has to keep showing up, right. and has to keep telling them this is what we want. Right. This is what we want you to do for us. Mm -hmm. Like one of the things now that uh, I don't even understand it, and they spend 60, 65 hours here in Nashville teaching them about wreck and wreck investigations and all that. They don't even go out to wrecks no more. No. <laughs> Which means it could have been your fault, mm -hmm. but you would never get a ticket now. Right. So now I, I got to fight with my insurance, and they're going to say, well, we can't tell who it was. Yeah, you got to go through the hub or whatever they got now that you got to do online. Yeah. Uh, uh, somebody break in my house and steal everything, whatever, they may not come out. Right. Mm -hmm. They say, here's a number. Yeah. And you, so they do more responding to crime mm -hmm. than preventing than they do preventing yeah for sure and so <laughs> yeah so sure. so again um we have to keep demanding what it is that we want as it relates to our public safety right. our communal safety right uh and we just can't take no mm -hmm. for an answer right and uh um hopefully there are folk who, like, I'm not a abolitionist, mm -hmm. but as I tell abolitionists, which I'm in right. uh, 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 proximity right. and even in relationship with, right. just a long-ass bus ride. Yeah. It's going to be a long time before I ring the bell right. to get off the bus and you go on toward abolition. Chances are the bus still going to be running yeah. when both of us leave here. Yeah. But our desires, bef before you get to abolition, are the same. Yep. Accountability, transparency, trust. I believe, even here in Nashville, that there needs to be a desire from the police department to spend some of the 200 and almost $50 million that they get mm -hmm. to begin programs in schools for middle schoolers who are afraid to say, I want to be a police officer. Mm. Mm. We need to start identifying them now. Yeah. So many of the officers that we have now are not from here. Right. And they don't even choose to live here. Right, no. So they treat this like when they go to work, they come into the jungle. Right, right. Davey, Tuck, this is this has been I hope you I hope you've enjoyed this. I have. I hope you've enjoyed this. I know your phone probably been going crazy. Been, been, been blowing up. And, uh and so and so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you close this out. Cause I, I one, we gotta do a part two. <laughs> you you owe me a part two. <laughs> well, I, 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 look, you got me. And look, we gotta do a part two, but I just want you to give us give us a give us one last statement to, to go home with. If you had to say anything to people that's watching and listening, to really send it home on those who may want to just be better and do better for community, um, and just on their journey, wherever they may be, in doing that, lead them with something that they can take home with. What are we willing to risk mm. 
for real change. Mm. What are we willing to risk for real change? For real change. Uh, what are you willing to put on the line to make life better, maybe not for you, mm -hmm. but for the yet unborn? What are you willing to forego mm -hmm. as rewards so that instead of you getting a loaf of bread, a group of people get a piece of bread. What are you? What are we really willing to, uh, 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 as as you say here, change yourself? Your and community. then, as and then, as I say that, if you change yourself, your presence in the community changes the community because mm -hmm. of the change you've made in yourself. And if enough folk in the community change, then the world in which the community that it is. Changes. That's my mantra. Change yourself, change your world, change your community. Change yourself, change your community, change your world. It it changes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which again, don't miss what life's supposed to give us. Right. And that's love. That's legacy. Mm -hmm. That even in the midst of all this fighting, uh, I've raised two wonderful sons, been married to a woman going on 32 years. Uh, if God called me today, mm -hmm. my life has been one hell of a ride. And, and it won't, and we have to create our own matrix right. for success. Right. It can't be big bank accounts, big houses, and big cars. Right. That can't be it. What is your matrix of success right is it to compete in this right or is it to create a alternative reality one where everybody right can get health care everybody is in a safe community right. everybody get a fair shot right I mean uh, you can act do whatever but until we ask ourselves those deep dish questions, mm -hmm. yeah, um, we're gonna keep on tooling along, trying to mix up shit that ain't supposed to go together. Right. Uh, trying to be there is no such thing. Look at the internet ain't real. Mm. That ain't a real place. Right. Uh, there is no such thing as a social media organizer. Yeah. Organizing, <laughs> that, I mean, you can make that and you can make your legitimation on your clicks and your likes and whatever, but if you're not gonna go be with the people. Yeah, boots on the ground. If you're not gonna go and uh, 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 fight where the policies are made, mm -hmm. You can tweet, Instagram, talk, and do everything you want to. Yeah. And you can even convince yourself and others like you yeah. that y'all something y'all ain't. Yeah. Um, some work will never change. And caring for humanity requires human contact. David Tucker, it's been a pleasure. <laughs>